Welcome back to another episode of the Dropkick Basement podcast, a pro wrestling podcast that uh, that takes you back to the old days and tries to shake it up like a like a snow globe for the holidays. Um, my name is Mike Madden. I am uh, your host for the Dropkick Basement. I am joined by my co-host and your uh, your favorite co-host, uh, Tommy Schultz, uh, gimmickless Tommy. How are you doing in the uh, in the late December holiday uh, portion of the year? Getting ready for the holidays. Uh, luckily, uh, without a gimmick, I don't have to uh, dress up for the holidays. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 plain Jane, but uh, you know, as usual, we are uh, sending out an all points bulletin for our uh, our third third mike yes uh third third chair uh certified five matt geiger is otherwise disposed uh rumors are that he was uh they put a santa claus gimmick on him at his job and uh i think he's gonna do like uh if you i don't know if you've ever seen this footage of like old uh florida from like 83 or 84 um there's a match with kevin sullivan and dusty Rhodes. That uh, of course Santa Claus comes down to ringside, of course. Right, and Santa Claus is giving out candy canes to every everybody at ringside, and then rolls into the ring, clobbers Dusty Rhodes, oh, uh, no. gives him a DDT, and it's like, guess who Santa Claus is? It's Jake the Snake Roberts. Nice. The opposite of Santa Claus. Uh, they also did, I think, that that year or the year before, they did the same gimmick in uh, Texas in World Class, where it's uh, one of the Von Erichs against, uh, you know, Terry Gordy or or Buddy Roberts, because they always had to have the Freebirds and Von Erichs in each other's business. Oh, and yeah. uh, and here comes Santa Claus. Santa Claus jumps in the ring. Michael Hayes. He had been like banned from texas for like 60 days or something like that and here he comes back and he lays a whooping on on the von erics and is whipping them with like the 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 santa bag the the toy bag <laughs> um or it was the belt or something like that you know real uh so that's a real hot southern angle is to uh is to dress up the uh the biggest heel in your uh in your territory and uh and send them out there as santa claus so um that's, re- that's required uh, viewing if, uh, if, if you listeners are, are looking for something to put on in the background of your, uh, of your Christmas celebrations. Instead of putting the Yule Log on, instead of putting on you know, uh, the, uh, the Christmas story or, or any of the holiday movies, chuck on some, uh, some uh, championship wrestling from Florida and uh, see Jake the Snake Roberts attack Dusty. <laughs> so, so if I see Santa Claus come into the, uh, to the screen behind you, Mm. uh on zoom i'll know it's it's uh it's geiger um ready yes. to do a run-in yes yeah exactly he's 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 getting ready to ambush me with a with a sack full of goodies um so <laughs> that's uh you know th- those are the holiday memories and uh you know again we're winding down the uh the the christmas season and uh and we're closing out our 2023 with a very interesting uh exercise so a little bit of a precursor i found this website i happen to be searching for um because i was thinking like hey for for a future episode like let's think of like the definitive lists of certain you know 
maybe certain areas or certain states and like, oh, who's the best wrestlers that are from Texas? You know, and just like do yeah. our our own takes on that. And I ran into a website. It's AinsworthSports.com, which is this massive like uh, kind of analytic sports uh, web general sports website. But they do have a subcategory for pro wrestling. And on that, they have their uh, their top rankings of all time pro wrestlers. And this is based on their algorithm and their algorithm, you know, the amount of championship titles they've won, main events on pay-per-view, uh, you know, prior to that, like, you know, appearances at like major venues or like major, you know, like the Shea Stadium shows or Texas Stadium shows. Um, so they did all the research on this to like rank this, uh, you know, the world of wrestling and, and it's, it's ever evolving. So it's, they're still adding guys into it and there's positions that change all the time. But uh, once you get into the, the actual site itself, it breaks down like subcategories. So they have their all time list. Then they have by decade, uh, by nation. So they have, again, obviously with international, uh, by promotion, which is another wild one to go down, like ranking yeah. the, the top, you know, 11,000 guys that ever wrestled for like WWF, like is, is, is pretty nuts to look at. I would love to see who number 11,000. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then it goes all the way down to uh, by rookie year, which was the part that, that caught my eye. So I'm looking at this list and I'm, you know, kind of, you know, pecking around in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. And I'm like, this this is what we can do. So um, so the concept of probably what's going to end up being like the next three or four episodes is uh, we have uh, myself, Tommy and Matt have uh, divided up and randomly selected uh, a few years from the 80s through 2010 and we've taken our lists of wrestlers that made their debut in that year okay broken it down to the top 20 guys in that particular year and created cards and matches based on those 20 guys by using every single guy in the top 20 of that particular year then we're, you know, creating our matchups. You know, you'll hear us talk about, you know, what went into the matchups, why they're interesting to us, you know, stipulations if we add them on there. And then we're going to pick uh, also the venue and the promotion that these would be staged in. Um, so I think, you know, th this is going to be very, like, we'll explain, you know, run down the guys that we have to use for each card that we're going to book. Um, but I believe this could be, you know, again, it's a, it's a very interesting site, AinsworthSports.com. Um, shout out to these guys for doing all the research. Um, but it certainly would be something if you guys want to look at their site and check the years out and everything, you know, see what you think about, you know, the, the years that we're going through and, and what makes sense. Uh, so, with that being said, um, Tommy, you are, uh, so tell us the three years that you got, first of all, so that so, we know. <clears throat> in the 80s, I got 1985. In the 90s, I got 1996. And in the 2000s decade, I got uh, 2008. 
Very good. Very good. Do you want to start off with? Um, I can start one off. Of yours? You yeah, me too. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So, um, so how do you want to? How do you want to go about this? Do you want me to like? Are we going to list the the top twenty ahead, yes. or should I just run down the the card that I uh, start off? List the guys that are that are in your top twenty that you're using for okay. this particular uh, for the card that you're building, and then. Yeah. You know, we'll go through and and talk a little bit about maybe about the guys, and then we'll hear the cards that you've got. Okay, so uh, one through twenty at number one, we have Adam Cole. Uh, number two, you're in uh, you're in two thousand you you're starting with two thousand eight, right? Okay. Yeah, two thousand eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm starting with two thousand eight. So okay. number one is Adam Cole. Number two, uh, forgive my pronunciation of this. It is Kento Miyahara. I think that's going to be the other thing. We're going to be butchering international names like yes, crazy. Yes. Please, please forgive. <laughs> Much forgiveness my is, is pronunciation <laughs> of Japanese wrestlers' names. Okay. Uh, number three, Adam Page. Okay. Number four, Miro uh, or Rusev, uh, however you may know him. Uh, mm-hmm. Number five, Penta. Six is Rich Swan. Seven is uh, Dalton Castle. Uh, uh-huh. Number eight. Which this this one threw me for a loop, R- Ryota Hama. Ryota Hama. Mm-hmm. Ryota Hama, at number eight threw me for a loop. Okay. Um, number nine, uh, Mike Bailey. Number, oh, speedball Mike Bailey. Okay. Speedball. Uh, number ten, Matt Taven. Um, Eleven, Juice Robinson. Mm-hmm. Number twelve, Matt Riddle. Uh, number thirteen, Ortiz of uh, you know LAX, proud and powerful, Ortiz, mm-hmm. proud and powerful fame. Uh, number fourteen, Tamatanga. Number oh, okay. fifteen, uh, Yoshihashi. Mm-hmm. Number sixteen, uh, Tangaloa. Um, number seventeen, Elias Sampson, who I had to look up, and it turns out it's just Elias. Elias. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, they did. <laughs> There's Rowan is NXT. I didn't name know he that? had a last name. I thought he <laughs> thought he was like Prince or Cher. <laughs> so did he. Uh, <laughs> uh, number eighteen, Robbie Eagles. Mm-hmm. Number nineteen, uh, Angel Garza, and uh, rounding out the top twenty of two thousand eight was Jesse Sorensen. Okay. Oh, you, you got a TNA guy in there. All right, good. Uh, Had old, to squeeze one in. An old TNA guy, because I yeah. yeah, Speedball does a lot of work for for TNA nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think Rich Swan is probably still there. So it's a good yes. it's a good group of guys. Again, real modern times. Uh, and again, you have some main event guys. So it's not like your yes. it's not like your cupboard is bare. Um, no. So that's good. So before you start, yeah. Where are you having this card, and with what promotion? So I, I got pretty specific when it comes to this. I, I even picked the show that it would be happening at. Oh, all right. Uh, I'm promoting the show through Ring of Honor. Okay, all right. And it will it will be final battle at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Oh, all right, all right. This is this is I like this. I like this. You get you getting very specific again. I think that makes sense because you got a lot of guys that were Ring of Honor. They they were alumni. in Ring of Honor, and it's just a lot of guys that can fucking go. So mm-hmm. you're gonna have this is gonna be a fairly like fast paced, you know, hard hitting. Oh and yeah, you got a work rate show. I know that uh, we didn't touch on it when you were introducing the concept, but there was. Uh, the the stipulations with 
you know, putting together our card where we could not do battle royals, triple mm-hmm. threats, or eight-man tags. Yes. So yes. we had to keep it to relative, like, pretty much, like, singles singles or tag matches. Singles uh, tags, six-man tags are okay. Yeah. Minimum of seven matches, maximum of ten. Yeah, exactly. So um, that, for this particular show, it would I, I did want to try and finagle to see if i could do like uh the um the the classic uh ring of honor like six man that they always do mm-hmm. but yeah like the the six-way match but I, oh yeah yeah. I, yeah I i stuck to the rules okay and so we're gonna go pretty much traditional singles and i booked this as if this had a build going into it and okay we have t- we have titles on the line we have right. stories that would have been told so just put yourself in 2008. You're sitting in the balcony of the Hammerstein Ballroom. I thought I was going to get a better seat where I'd be on the on the uh, front row or on the sides entrance, and I could like. They used oh, to hit, hit the. I want to hit the barricade. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, you can. <laughs> I'm, I'm painting this picture for the audience at home. You're backstage with uh, Scrap Iron, Adam Pierce, and uh, yes. Uh, Jim Cornette on the headset. Me and Jim Cor- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Carrie Silken. Ringing his, Carrie Silken wringing his hands, just saying, have- I just hope the crowd doesn't die out after the third match. <laughs> I'm trying to remember in 2008 uh, who we had on commentary. I know it was Lenny Leonard. Uh, maybe Dave Prezak at that time, but it might have been past mm. his prime. I think he was starting to do Shimmer more often, right? Yeah. Dave? But, yeah. So... Okay. Painting the picture for you. We're a final battle. This is the, the go-home show of the year for Ring of Honor. Okay. And I felt like whenever they did it at the Hammerstein Ballroom, they really hammered home that this was, you know, the biggest indie show of the year. And there's yeah, well, yeah. almost no question about it. So that's what I tried to build. Um, so we're going to kick things off. Got to go hot and heavy right out of the gate. Um, I picked two guys that are, I would say, like, in the promotions that they got hottest in would be considered uh, mid, mid-carders. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go uh, Rich Swan opening up against Angel Garza. Oh, okay. All right. So this is going to be a fast-paced match. And th- this is the other thing that... that um we want you all to understand you're not getting these guys in their rookie year necessarily. No. You're getting no, no, no. Like when we're putting these together, these are the best versions of exactly. the guys that we have. So, um, you know, the, the best version of rich Swan versus the best version of Angel So to Garza. me, this, this opens up hot. A, you have rich Swan coming out. He's got the dance moves going on. Hell yeah. The crowd, he's getting the crowd into it. Boom, 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 and then Angel Garza is going to come out, and he's going to play the heel. You're going to go. It's just going to be a fast pace. Yeah, oh yeah. Fast pace match. Go. I don't know. Six to nine minutes, maybe. Yeah. Not nothing too crazy. You're just going to have something to open up the show. Go fast, and uh, I, I hear if you want to start building 
some anticipation for what's coming up. I would put Angel Garza over. Okay. Rich Swan. Yeah. Get the, get the heel to win some sort of cheap fashion. Um, and then this way, you know, you you you're, you got the crowd in your hands, ready to go on to the next match. To the okay. So Rich Swan, Angel Garza with Angel Garza going over. Perfect. Okay. Next um, is going to be a Ring of Honor television title match. Oh yeah. Um. In this, on this particular show, the uh, Ring of Honor television champion would be Elias. Classic Ring of Honor guy. Doing, <laughs> doing the shtick that he does in WWE. Oh, the walk with Elias. Which would be, and the... which would be the anti-Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so he's going to be defending his television title against Dalton Castle. See, that's that's a good matchup. Those are so that's like gimmick two guys. entertainers. Yep. Yes. Yep. That's exactly what I'm looking for in this one. This is more of like a... A fun match, if you will, and a way to now we're going to transition the title from Elias, who was the heel, onto Dalton Castle. To your to your more tried and true Ring of Honor gimmick. If you have a, a gimmick guy on the Ring of Honor exactly. show, Dalton comes Castle. out with the boys. Yep, I, they I, pick him up, celebrate around the ring on his title win. I like the idea of the code of honor being uh, something that's that like it takes him a while to get the handshake. Uh, yes. On this one. <laughs> Very Elias. Good. Yeah. So um, I that that one's where I, I just think that that's kind of like a fun match where it's like two guys that you could see being almost almost like uh, mirror images of oh, one yeah. another in yeah. like alternate universes. Very good. Very good. All right. Next. Uh, we're going to go back to having a fast-paced Ring of Honor type match. Um, it's going to be Ortiz taking on Robbie Eagles, in kind of like a, oh yeah, yeah, and kind of like a hybrid, uh, like high-flying, uh, fast-paced, but also like technical wrestling match. Like they have the, um, and I still think they do this now, but they used to have the proving ground matches. Yeah. Where yeah, it's, exactly like where it's when it was like Pelly Primo and yeah. uh, you know all those guys, yeah. So th- this is kind of like um, it, it. It's strange because uh, until now you never really thought of Ortiz as a singles guy, and uh, the fact that Santana was not on this list, it was very hard to you know kind of picture him mm-hmm. yeah in, in a spot. So this is just like two guys again that they can go. Yeah, yeah, and I think it would create a like a cool styles clash. And I think Robbie Eagles still New Japan exclusive, right? Correct. Yeah, because I think like he was doing a little bit well, of US stuff. He also wrestles. He wrestles in um, Australia quite a bit too. Oh, does he? Okay, because yeah. I thought he had a little bit of a US presence. Maybe maybe the old Ring of Honor, like he had been around a little bit. So I like, think maybe prior to new japan mm-hmm. yeah yeah but he's a good junior i think he's 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 an excellent junior heavyweight and um and that would would certainly fit like if even if ortiz is you know he's not you know flying around all the time he's not a like luchador so to speak but he no. can he can certainly he can he can match up that way plus he's also has you know he has a good mat game and he's got good 
uh, right, submission so yeah. technique. So he would certainly fit that. And, you know, somebody like Ortiz slowing down Robbie Eagles or trying to slow down Robbie Eagles would be uh, really cool to and see. I, I also think of, like, uh, the rest of the people on this card. These are two guys that don't have the biggest names, mm-hmm. name identity. So this is kind of like a, a coming out party for them. You know what I mean? That like makes sense. If they, if they could put on a, a banger, then this is this is the place to do it because it's going to get you recognized and it's going to propel you to the new year yes. in Ring of Honor. Yes, and then they, at the end, they get the please come back, please come back, those chants. There we so, go. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. All right, moving along. Okay. Fourth so, match. Okay, so this fourth match, um, these were two guys that I was honestly not familiar with at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, one... Uh, because I've never even heard of him before. The other, because I was just out at this time. Okay. So we're going to have Jesse Sorensen come out. Okay. And he's going to cut a promo about how he's been disrespected by being left off the final battle card. He deserves, uh, he deserved a shot at the TV title. And he's willing to take on anyone in the back yes open little open challenge who comes out ryota hama yeah who for those who are unfamiliar with ryota hama is a former sumo wrestler big big dude yeah (laughs) who uh in japan uh he wrestled in all japan and big japan um and i think new japan a little bit uh he teamed with aki bono Mm -hmm. I'm, i'm sure uh people are more familiar with yeah um from his <laughs> wrestlemania appearance in the sumo mexican well, and also show. being like if you look back at aki bono like he was a grand sumo champ like he oh yeah if you're familiar with oh, sumo yeah then, yeah of course um so this is essentially just going to be a quick <laughs> this is a comedy man yeah you have a uh, goof bouncing to off. get familiar with roy <laughs> roy ryota hama to mm-hmm. get familiar with him <laughs> uh, I did a little a little Google search and I watched a match that he had with Kikutaro. <sighs> My boy, that was <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, <laughs> that was man, yeah, well, classic. Kiku Kiku can Kiku can we get did, anybody over. Yeah, it's the, he's he's brilliant. He's the best. And in all honesty, Hama can move like for a guy. He's a big big guy. Picture like Yokozuna esque. Not yeah, I maybe think he's as big but close. You know, probably like high threes into like the four hundred pound, but yeah. because he's a sumo, he's he's misproportionated. Like he's yeah, his he's got a long torso. Exactly. He's like if Giant Baba had a like a diaper full of shit. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to describe him. Um. So yeah, uh, this is just gonna be like a quick. Once I saw, because I I had to Google uh, Hama to see mm-hmm. to figure out who he was. I'd never heard of him before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and once I saw that, I was like, "This has got like Perfect. we can't <laughs> we can't put him in any sort of serious thing because every match that I looked at on YouTube was five minutes or less. Oh so it's yeah, like, he's it, it's a very limited skill set. <laughs> Brother's not paid by the hour. He's <laughs> he's he's in an in and out man. <laughs> But he'd yeah. also, again, I think, like, when you think of even the smarkiest wrestling fan can get behind, like, the whiny heel who's like, I need competition, and I'm here yeah. for blah, 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 and then 
a monster comes out yeah. of the back and you're like, holy like, shit, good luck, motherfucker. <laughs> like, Ring of Honor, there was a time in Ring of Honor where everybody loved Bobby Dempsey, which I don't know oh, yeah. how many yeah. people remember Bobby Dempsey, but Bobby Dempsey was a big guy, not sumo big, mm-hmm. but a big dude who really wasn't very good in the ring, but he just had a personality oh, yeah. that made everyone yeah. love him. Yeah, And I feel like that you could get you could get behind that, that kind of thing if he's like a baby face that just comes out and squashes heels. Oh, quick. He's 911 for the yeah. for the you know, for the technical wrestling uh marks out there, so. Yeah. So, um yeah, so we got Ryota Hama versus Jesse Sorensen in the four spot. Mm-hmm. Um next, this is going to be kind of like the uh this is like the semi-main, but we're putting it on in the middle of the okay, card. Okay. I'm going to move it up. Because in traditional Ring of Honor fashion, there's always an intermission. Mm-hmm. So after this match, we're going to intermission. We get a break. Okay. So uh, at the five spot, this is going to be a tag team title match, and it's a fight without honor. Mm. Yeah. It's Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa, the, the Gorillas of Destiny. of Destiny, yep. Versus Adam Cole and Matt Taven, the Kingdom. Oh, all right, yeah, yeah. So I felt putting Matt first of all, the way that I was looking at this was, you always have to put like almost the main event before intermission. That mm-hmm. is like a, a huge staple of Ring of Honor shows in general. Second of all, I felt like of this list, Adam Cole was the most predictable person to put in the main event, and so I. Definitely didn't want to do that. And in building a tag match, these are two legitimate tag teams that are like, I was able to put together two actual tag teams. Yes. Yes. And, you know, again, the cards just fell in my, in my favor. That was where like, even, you know, kind of spoiler alert on mine. Like I was happy that I got a few like legitimate tag teams I could put together because I was happy to have that as a, not a crutch to lean on, but like, certainly a plot device where it's like all right if i can like and you lucked out with like two teams at least at least that you could say like aren't like singles guys that are just similar that you want to put together i don't know how often cole and taven actually tagged together but in the kingdom well they were were in the they were in the same faction for sure they were in the same faction for a while so you could easily uh believe that they would um you know, tag together. And this is going to be a fight without honor. So we got a street fight going on. They're mm-hmm. going all over the building. Yep. They're fucking each other up. And, um, we're going to have, uh, the, uh, we're going to have the GOD, uh, go over and retain the tag yeah. team titles. That's, that makes a lot of sense. You also kind of have a bullet club element in this too. Yeah. Uh, long-term Tamatanga was, you know, First generation Bullet Club. Cole was was around. Tongaloa was was part of it. You know, you still have Robbie Eagles kicking around uh, in that backstage area. Uh, Hangman's a, a former Bullet Club guy, so yeah, you got you got some presence um, there too. If you wanted to incorporate those guys, uh, especially if it is that kind of a, a brawl around the building, or you know, no disqualification element to it. So, um, and I. I kind of debated putting this in the main event as well because, like, Ring of Honor was, like, back in the day known for how heavy, like, how 
heavy-handed their tag team division was. Oh yeah, and yeah. so they would they would put tag title matches last. Oh, just justifiably so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you have the Briscoes, Steen and Generico, like you, they had a, a million kings of wrestling. Like mm-hmm. they had the who's who of tag teams on the independents. So this could have gone last. I, I flipped it between this and what will eventually be the main event. Um, but yeah, and I feel like you can't go wrong here. And this is good, like because it's the no disqualification, the 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 you know code of honors out the window. You kind of exhaust your crowd, and then they've got the intermission. Exactly to go. to build themselves back up, refresh, go get uh, Hama's autograph uh, at the gimmick table. Uh, talked to Elias, got my autographs, came back. What do we come out of our uh, out of our intermission with? What so we're we coming out of intermission. Seats? We're coming out of intermission, mm-hmm. hot and heavy. Yoshihashi will be taking on Penta. Oh, all right, okay. So this yeah. is like w- the one thing that I did have a lot, uh, a bit of a hard time with um, when looking over this is there. There's a lot of guys on on this list that you know were in on the indies together or are currently uh, working together in whatever companies mm-hmm. that they're in. Yeah. So I was trying to put together something that not only um, you know put all these guys in the best light, but also kind of uh, I guess you would say like made matches that you haven't seen or won't see. Oh, and for sure. Yeah. This is one that you won't, you'll never see because of the, uh, uh, the AAA factor in New Japan. Oh, they, oh that's true. Yeah. You, they have the working agreement in Mexico with CMLL, CMLL. only. Yeah. Uh. So like even when uh, New Japan guys come over to AEW. They never cross. They're not cleared to pollinate to be in the uh, ring with triple uh, A guys with New mm-hmm. Japan guys. So that was something that, like, I thought you'll never see this match, most likely. And it's I don't think you would ever even think of having this match. <laughs> and I just thought it would be cool. Yeah, and Yoshihashi's always been kind of a I don't want to say a forgotten guy, but definitely lower card, mid card. Yes. Um, a decent tag team guy, uh, but never like, you know, never the guy that wins the G1, just the guy that like eats pins in the G1 and maybe gets like, yeah, you know, uh, three points in his, in his block and, and he's just there. So, um, but certainly a capable enough wrestler and, and a guy that if you really, you know, if you're getting this mix, this one of a kind mix match that you're never going to get anywhere else. Uh, that used to be Penta's forte. Yes, before he was signed to you know any major company, like even like I, I would say like after he really established himself with the Lucha Underground uh, run, I think anytime you saw him, like if he's in, you know, he's in your, you know, your GCWs or he's in your yeah. uh, Impact Wrestlings or even early uh, AEW. You've got him in these sort of fish out of water situations where the crowd can certainly go nuts for him, and I think this is this is one of those cases where it's like, all right, well, this is something we'll never see, but you can certainly see that crowd really getting behind 
Penta, and it's a showcase match for Penta. Exactly. And, like, I picture this as, like, Yoshihashi being a Ring of Honor regular and Penta being, like, the outsider that they bring in. Mm -hmm. Exactly like you were describing. Like, the first time I ever saw Penta live was at Spring Break GCW. And he wrestled Nick Gage, and it was like yeah. <laughs> two. It was like two totally different things, but everyone fucking ate it out you of could, the palm yeah. of their hands. Absolutely, they, fucking, yeah. they loved him. And even though like Nick Gage is the guy there, they fucking loved Penta. And I feel like that's a situation where, boom, he gets over, and now you have a guy that you can like reoccurringly bring in. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Every few months, and he's gonna, you know do gangbusters yeah he's like an attraction for you he's an easy an easy star like again like you've got if we're pacing this card out you're coming back from the intermission and it's like i'm rushing to my seat because i want to see penta exactly yeah yeah all right Very good. uh following uh, penta's gonna go over obviously uh following uh that we have uh speedball mike bailey mm-hmm. taking on juice robinson Interesting. Okay. So I I picture juice in like current current day juice. Oh yeah. Like yeah. like the just lunatic. <laughs> yeah. The the, the wild hair, the waggling his tongue around, bullet club guy. Loves being in bullet club. Oh yeah. And Pairing him with Mike Bailey, I feel like this is like one of those just like styles clashes where Mike Bailey is so fast. He has mm-hmm. all like the mixed martial arts moves. Oh, yeah. And when you have a guy like Juice that can just cut him off, slow things down a little bit, it's going to make when Bailey comes back so much hit so much harder in that building. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like that's it's. You know, you've got the the style that, that Mike Bailey does. Like, he's very akin to, like, a Generico, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, exactly. or like, or even, like, early Brian Danielson, where he can take a beating. that You can beat the bejesus out of him. But then once he starts that comeback, you're with it every step of the way. And he does the, you know, when he does the, the torn heels and he does the, the those karate kicks, you know, the rapid succession. Yeah bouncing karate kicks man i love his offense like he's so unique to watch yeah. and the first time i saw him uh i saw him in like uh pwg highlights i was like this there's nobody like him doing what he does uh weirdly enough i think he's got a bunch of like you know young guys on the indies now that are like mike bailey uh ripoffs <laughs> but uh you know this is in 2014 or 2015 and you know he he is certainly the guy that like you put him in a ring of honor around that time. It, let's, let's say this was his rookie year in ring of honor. He'd fit right in with everybody there and he would be the lovable character, the, you know, kind of unique little, little quirky, you know, uh, you know, karate gimmick that he's got. But once, once that offense kicks in and again, like with juice, he's a shit talker. He's shit talking yeah. the people at ringside. He's shit talking Bailey as he's as he's kicking his ass and and you know stomping him around. But when the tide turns, crowd's right behind him. Crowd's right behind him, and I just picture Juice selling uh, either the multiple karate kicks 
or the the shooting star knees to the yeah, back. Oh shit, yeah. And yeah. I like that's just money. There's money written all over. Yeah, that. yeah. But uh, in the end, uh, Juice Robinson gets the win with the right uh, left hand of God. You got it. <laughs> and uh, everybody goes home unhappy. Well, and and Speedball gets the ovation. But yeah, after but it. Speed exactly. Speedball yeah. Speedball is going to steal probably steal the show here. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So uh, moving on to. Um, Match number eight, the I guess you would say the semi-main event. Um, we're going to have Miro or Rusev. Uh, however, I, I prefer Miro just because I feel like he's more badass that way. It's also, yeah, it's four letters rather than five. <laughs> uh, and he's going to take on, uh, all right, forgive my pronunciation of this again, uh, Kento Miyahara. Miyahara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was. This is another guy that I'm not very familiar with. Um, he was more of a uh, an all Japan, all Japan. Yeah. yeah, um, guy and all all Japan nowadays, especially, is like a dark spot for me. Um, True, although it's building back up. Like people so say, from, a lot of good things about from uh, what I've their top was guys. reading. Yeah, um, I watched a match with him and Shingo. Uh, mm-hmm. Badass match, strong style. Um, apparently he's a six time triple crown winner, which that seems fucking nuts. Well, that's <laughs> again, that's the type of thing that you think about. Like he's, you know, what was he? He was number two on your list, right? Yeah. So yeah, there's a shit ton of titles that he's won over there. It just hasn't translated into a lot of eyes in the U S yeah, seeing. I don't, I, I'm assuming he's never been to the U S so that's, that could be like why he has never had like a big. Um, yeah, they. Uh, hmm. And it's it's funny. Like again, I don't want to go too deep in the weeds on this one, but I think a lot of it is all Japan doesn't necessarily have the steadiest working agreements with a U.S. With partner. Yeah. So when you send a guy on excursion, usually you're getting them before they sign with a major company, mm-hmm. or. Like, after they're established, if they want to come and do, like, a PWG or they want to do, like, a... They used to come and do, like, a Ring of Honor show. Um, now that's kind of limited to your DDT pros or your uh, New Japan guys. So all Japan doesn't get to, like, kind of sashay their way into it, which is... Yeah. It kind of sucks, but um, but you've got them up against Miro. Miro. Okay. So, uh... Fr- from the match that I, I I watched one match, it was 25 minutes long, so there was not many more that I was going to sit and watch. But, uh, like, strong style versus Miro, just, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, to, it's it's two, two, meaty, two meaty men smacking meat. That, that's <laughs> what this is going to be. This is going to be... Put an NC-17 uh, sticker on this. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, it'll never live up to the... Uh, what what I envisioned with this is to be uh, Joe versus Kobashi light. Okay, yeah, is just yeah. just chops, strikes, you know, stiff kicks, uh, stiff kicks, uh, uh, suplexes. Like mm-hmm. we're just getting a lot of high energy, like hard hitting offense that's going to pop the crowd. And get them ready for their main event. Just real strong style, laying it in. 
It doesn't even have to go long. It's, you yeah. know, it's two guys that are that are built to take impact and each guy is trying to just out muscle. Yeah. Like so you, more or less this is your all Japan your classic all Japan showcase match. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Like this is just showcasing an all Japan talent. Yeah. And Miro of anybody on this card would be the perfect opponent uh to do so. Back in the day, imagine again, let's put people in time capsules. I would send Miro to 1992 All Japan and say 8 months, brother. Go there for 8 months. <laughs> yeah. And wrestle He's fuck it. <sighs> He's Dr. Death. He's Yeah. Very Gordy. He's yep. He is He's goddamn Johnny Ace. <laughs> yeah, he is like you're you got a fucking superstar on your hand. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if there was a way to like sort of modernize that yes i think you, you've got a perfect guy in um uh how do you part Miyah- miyahara miyahara that's how I, okay me that uh that's how i okay. that's that's, <laughs> right. that's the pronunciation i'm going with right so yeah you've got an opponent that that can basically like all right i wanted to see how he could hang with this group here's my best modern example here's one of my best modern examples yep and I think it's going to set the table perfectly for our main event mm-hmm. for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. All right. In an Iron Man match. Ooh, an Iron Man. Oh, all right. Okay. Your World Heavyweight Champion, Matt Riddle, mm-hmm. taking on the up and coming Hangman Adam Page. Hanger. Yeah. This is, this projects page to the moon i don't know that uh, i mean i i didn't do research on how if these guys wrestled i'm mm. assuming maybe they had an interaction in pwg mm, i don't even think so like i page, don't yeah page didn't i know they didn't yeah if if there was anything it might have been like an evolve card that they could have both been on or or but I don't know that they ever worked one another. No, I that's yeah, that's that's kind of a needle in the haystack. I know that Riddle Riddle was more or less like from the second that he left MMA, he was like propelled into like main events. Everywhere yeah. he went, he was main event, main event. And Page wasn't really he wasn't over to that point until probably about 2018. 2017, 2018. And that's when Riddle's on his way to to yep. Florida to start with NXT. So, yeah, I just maybe two ships passing in the night. But, you know, given the, you know, kind of the rebooking situation here, a cocky champion, Matt Riddle, against a, a valiant hangman Adam Page. Yeah. Like, I look at this as... Uh, when Punk lost the title to Homicide. Mm. It's the passing of the torch. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, I mean, first of all, Iron Man match, these two motherfuckers can go. Oh, yeah. And they definitely have the cardio to keep it up for an hour. Say what you want about Matt Riddle. Uh, I know that most people don't like him. I've never really looked into everything that's (laughs) gone along with that. Um, but the guy, I mean, I, I wasn't a big fan of what they did with him in WWE, but prior to that, 
I thought his shit was awesome. Yeah. Um, as a person, maybe not so much, but that's not what we're talking that's about. That's right. We're, we're just we're just judging you in the ring on this uh, one. And Hangman, I think, is arguably in the top five wrestlers in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did. I just think that they could put on a spectacle, and uh, to have Hangman uh, solidify himself as the Ring of Honor champion, walking out of the Hammerstein Ballroom in uh, New York City at Final Battle, I think would be the perfect cap to this show. And it would be great if he, he if he did that. If he literally walked out of the building, out the front doors of the Hammerstein, well, and a horse came up, exactly, and he jumped on the horse, and he a police horse, hopefully, and he just rode down, and the he street. just rode down the street. Um, so this is here's the thing, and and this is what I think in if. Just like I was saying, like take Miro and put Miro in 1992 All Japan. Imagine like 2008 Ring of Honor with a Matt Riddle running around on there. Oh my god! I think he's the he right. He would have been the. T- he would have been the top guy. He would have been their. Ch- like, their he would have been their champ for forever. Two years. Two years, maybe. Because if not longer, this is what this is what was always strongest about Riddle before he, and I would say before he went to main roster WWE yeah. was. Matt Riddle always looked like and performed like he wanted to win. Yeah, he performed like it was in a real sport. If he was goofing around before the match or he had a backstage segment where he's bro and all this other stuff, that's like that's softening up the character. But the bell rings and, you know, even if he's setting a tempo, everything is working around getting a submission as quickly as possible or so like that's that's the style that he was trained in from the grappling in the MMA world and it translated perfectly with the right opponent so when you put him in a setting where it's ring of honor where you're doing you know a lot of you know maybe you're you're starting your match off with a lot of like mat based stuff but the idea it's an iron man match and it's an iron man and he wants to get as many submissions in as possible and you just have Hangman like fighting, trying to fight out of it, and trying to test his own cardio, dude. Yeah, tremendous. That would be a, you know, tear the house down. You know. Oh yeah. Happy wrestling that's, at the end of that one. That's everyone's throwing streamers at the end of that. <laughs> They're banging on the guardrails. Oh yeah, yeah. And and like that, what you described of like his indie run, that was when I preferred Matt Riddle when he didn't talk oh, yeah. at all. When right. when there was no. It was no nonsense. It was just he walked to the ring. You knew he was high as fuck, but like <laughs> he was in there to kick the shit out of you. Like there was no playing around. There was no bro. There was no like innuendo to anything. It was just Mouth a no nonsense go- yeah. guy that was a fucking killer, and he was gonna fucking take your head off. Yeah, and it was put the mouth guard in, and let's you know, I'm I'm ready to to I'm ready for war. And you're just my target right now. So Very that good. is that is my 2008 card of uh, the top 20 uh, rookies of 2008. Um, Stupendous. Stupendous. That, that was my favorite. Uh, my 80s card was pretty close to how much I liked it. Okay. But this one, this one, I think, just because of uh, my familiar familiarity. Familiarity. There it is. Familiarity. Yes, there we go. Uh, with with most of the guys, I think that, that 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 was my top of the list. Very good. 
I'm going to take over now. I've All got right. uh, my first card. I'm going to go back to the year 1990. And okay. here are my, uh, here's my top 20 that I'm going right. to get to use on this, this debuting in 1990. So I've got Chris Jericho. Ooh. I've got uh, Kevin Nash. Damn. Rob Van Dam. Koji Kenamoto. Jeez. Great Sasuke. What the fuck? <laughs> Ultimo Guerrero. All right. Buff Bagwell. Ooh. <laughs> Perry Saturn. Buff Bagwell's a... Okay. The... Go. Uh, Mark Merrow, or, as I'm using him here, Johnny B. Bad. Smart. Super Kello. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Native American Tatanka. Alrighty. Oro from Mexico. Uh, Ian Rotten oh, God. from Garbage Land. <laughs> uh, Russian, independent Russian, or like a GWF, I think. Vladimir Koloff. Oh. Uh, Mr. Nibla from Mexico. Okay. Horace Hogan. Giant Gonzalez. Oh my goodness. This fell off hard. Glenn Osborne. Oh my God. <laughs> JT Smith. Okay. And I did skip my 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 line was off, but Lance Storm is also part of this. Okay. All right. And Lance Storm was in the like the top ten guys. He just like I said, he just moved. Okay. From I, I was gonna say you put Giant Gonzalez ahead of Lance Storm. One side of my page to the other. So, uh, I'm hosting this card, 1990. We're at the the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Under the banner of World Championship Wrestling. Okay. That makes sense. This is a super card for WCW. That makes sense. At the time. Uh, Probably uh, you have Jim Ross. I'm going to say you have Jim Ross and Gordon Soley on the call. Okay. Okay. Kicking off... Uh, we're kind of gonna we're gonna have elements of classic WCW, uh, you know, ninety six through uh, ninety nine in here as well. But we're gonna kick off with a uh, the exciting luchadors of uh, okay. Mexico are coming in. So we've got Auto and uh, Super Calo taking on uh, Mister Nibla and Ultimo Guerrero. Okay. In your fast paced. Uh, you know, six minute lucha. WCW loves lucha. Uh, high impact, high flying lucha stuff uh, to start off. Doesn't really matter who wins, but you know, I like the idea of the baby faces getting the Duke early on in your card. Oh, who are the baby faces? So the baby faces in this case would be uh, Super Kello and Oro. Okay, I'm not familiar with Oro or. Who was the guy on the other team? Uh, Mr. Nibla. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not yeah, familiar I, with I, either of them. The research that I did, they Ultimo Guerrero and Mr. Nibla actually did team up a time or two oh, um, okay. in Mexico. So they. that's why I was like, all right, well, I got two guys that are of the same age and familiar and would have made sense to put them together. Yeah. So those are my uh, – that's my start and, off. And that, that makes sense 
if especially booking in WCW, regardless of what I know that this is like 1990s rookies. So but I don't think we're necessarily saying that this show is taking place in 1990. Right. It's just no, it's more or less it, like the, of the decade. Yeah. Yeah. And I at WCW's peak of success, opening the show with a luchador match. I think even always the move. Like, I think even if they had these guys under contract and saying like, these are the 20 guys we can use tonight, we're going to put, you know, a fast paced match on first anyway. Yeah. To get people into it because you know what we're going to do right after this, we're going to have a, we're going to slow it down. (laughs) We're going to, we're going to, we're going to get into a lot of holds brother and a lot of, uh, fake patriotism because match number two, uh, Horace Hogan versus Vladimir Koloff in what would certainly be booked by the Jim Hurd. <laughs> the Jim Hurd in me is like, I have kind of a fake Hulk Hogan against like a third rate Russian. Hell yeah, I'm putting that on my card. Fucking book that shit tomorrow. So I just want to clarify it. Yes. Vladimir Koloff. Mm-hmm. Is the guy that would eventually wrestle in like WWE slash W ECW, right? Like the is that who we're talking no. about? No, oh, that's the, Vladimir Kozlov. Vas- right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a different, totally different so guy. Who is Vladimir Koloff? So Vladimir Koloff would be like this was like I had to find like he would would have been on like IWCCW, like kind of basic cable like gymnasium wrestling oh okay so okay. he's not nikita call off he's not ivan call off or nikolai volkov okay. like he's not your main <laughs> television main event russian he is we're gonna have this match at you know the let's say we're at the railway rec center in 1990 yeah. and we need a russian like no, this is taking place at the Kingsburg Gymnasium. You run got by it. Joe Panzerino. <laughs> you got it. And he's like, "Who's my Russian? Okay. Vladimir Kozlov." Yep. Because I thought it was Vladimir Kozlov for a second, and I was like, <laughs> "If that guy <laughs> debuted in 1990 and he was that bad in 2010, yeah, yeah, yeah. he really should have. Yeah, <laughs> they should have put him in front of the firing squad. Yeah, sorry, fella. Like this is not for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my. That's my okay. F- that's my fake patriotism versus. Well, yeah, I mean he's a Hogan technically. St- yeah, he is. He is, and he would be, you know, kind of doing the. And again, it's it's played more for laughs than anything else. And and Horace was also a follically challenged man. You bet. So you have yeah. him. You have him grow the, the flaps. Yeah, yeah. Don't put him in a do rag and a. It again, if if given the opportunity. Uh, Jim Hurd would do. Jim Hurd would have been like, "That's gonna be, that's my class." This is our, this is our ticket to to success. This is this is my new Clash of Champions main event. Bag the black the the Black Scorpion. I got a Hogan versus Koloff match that I can put <laughs> out here. <laughs> so, and that's how they would promote it too. Oh yeah, Hogan yeah. versus Koloff. <laughs> they wouldn't use first name. <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. <laughs> Sucker born every minute. Uh, so I'm going to move along to uh, to my next one, uh, which, again, I'm just weeding out all the jobbers at the beginning yeah, of this. Yeah, you got to. So I've got a tag team match, which actually 
again, for guys that were like around the indies in the early part of the nineties, it would make sense for them to, to have this where you've got Ian Rotten teaming with Glenn Osborne. Uh, Glenn Osborne had a bunch of gimmicks. Like he was a, uh, early ECW guy. Uh, he would wear like face makeup and, and shit like that. Um, and again, he ended up, he was an East coast indie guy forever. Yep. Into the 2000s. So I've got him and Ian Rotten against JT Smith and Tatanka. Okay. Again. This 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 like reeks of ECW, I would say like yeah. early ECW. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like there's uh, there's one established star that's teaming with three of your like younger uh younger guys that can actually like at this point, can still move around and, and put on a yeah. decent show. And I don't want to... Listen, the faster I get Ian Rotten in a match and out the door, the better off I am. Yeah. Unless he's hitting someone with a thumbtack bat, there is no chance no. anyone wants to see it. No. And they're really that was that was the other thing. I was like, <laughs> is there anybody else in this group? Unless I put him in that hardcore match against Osborne, there's nobody else yeah. in this in this set of people that I want to see Ian Rotten fit. against. No. So well, you team, don't really want to see Ian Rotten against anybody. Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> so um, now I jump into some some decent matches with some decent main event type players. But it like this feels, again, this feels like a WCW card. Yeah, so and it, it's maybe this is just a house show. But we're getting to the good part of the house show now. Uh I've got Perry. I mean, Sa- if it's a mm-hmm. if it's a clash, it could be a clash. Could be a clash, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah got, get some interviews got... in the middle of this. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, moving up, uh, moving up my card. I've got Perry Saturn versus uh, Koji Kenemoto. Okay, now we're now this we're this you want to see this. You're like again as the pure wrestling and the cardio guys. Like fuck, these two are so similar. In the in their style in their fashion, I swear there was probably an instance where they did have interaction or matches because I think Saturn did a, a a tour of Japan before he was part of the Eliminators in ECW. Um, but these are these are two guys that can work submissions, uh, that can you know definitely do impact moves that match each other's styles very well. And uh, oh yeah, and I'm. I'm, this is a point where I'm getting Koji goes over with the Koji clutch. Yeah. Cause, okay. Cause this is, you know, you got rings of Saturn versus Koji clutch, you know, basically the in almost the innovators and inventors of two highly effective and, and uh, you know, still stolen, you know, finishing moves. So I, I let Kenamoto go over in this one. Oh, Horace Hogan and, and was get- going over in that, uh, that American <laughs> one too. And then you I have, yeah, I have the baby faces, uh, actually, I would have Ian Rotten and Osborne go over J.T. Smith and Tatanka, but and again, like this this match, it it's very it feels like something WCW would have done and has done. There's, that matchup to me reminds me of Regal and Finley. Yeah, yep. Like that's that it reeks like that 95 96 WCW that WCW where that they would when they had guys that could go yeah. they would let them go mm-hmm. yeah and just let, let them get physical the shit, and then let the shit guys go after and that's the you know right this is the uh, so you'd have Saturn and uh, and Koji as your like 
the let's appease first, the wrestling fans. The first hour of Nitro is coming to a close. Yeah, and that's our that's our match before we have a talking segment with Hogan after that. So <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, I I like I said, I would have to look for it, but I'd love to see if these guys actually like got it on at any point uh, during their careers, and and it, it should have happened. Uh, so moving right along, uh, three matches to go. My next one is these two guys started in WCW pretty much at the same time. So I've got Marcus Alexander Bagwell, Buff Bagwell, American Male Bagwell, whatever version, versus Johnny B. Bad. And okay. It's, and it's Johnny B. Bad. And it like, probably has happened before. The really early Johnny B. Bad where he was like um, – flam like more i mean he was always flamboyant but he was more like he was like wearing makeup and stuff. the little yeah the little richard uh yeah. you know shut up in his in his promos and the kiss that don't miss um that's the johnny b bad that i would have rather than so the you, wild man mark marrow so it like in that circumstance you would probably want to have buff bagwell right to have like a heel face dynamic no i, I would actually like if he's the you heel would, so, i would have like so stars have and stripes oh, marcus okay. so alexander have, bagwell so like johnny b bad be the heel in this situation. oh yeah yeah okay yeah yeah because i i always thought that he had more i mean when he went to wwf when he was the uh like he was more of the boxer you know Ugh. and misogynist uh yeah. miro i actually like that better than the wild man because what the fuck was the wild man he was wild yeah <laughs> how wild was he like he you know give me goddamn bad blasters and and putting like uh you know putting guys down with like left hand hooks like always like yeah, always I, liked early johnny b bad over over anything else when he became a baby face it was like god you're you're ruining this he, he could be such a the flamboyant teddy long is his manager come on i'm all for it also, he goes right. over. He goes over Bagwell. Fuck Bagwell. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bagwell's a gigolo. He's not even he's not even worth it. He's not even worth it. Although, DDP yoga guy right now. So shout out to uh shout out to Mark Bagwell for getting himself uh, you know, back into shape. He would be accompanied by his mom, by the way. Oh yeah, Judy Judy B. Judy's gotta be on the pole, right? <laughs> Judy B. <laughs> Forklifter up. Um, semi main event. All right, here we go. Tale of two tall men. I've got big sex. I got big sexy Kevin Nash versus the giant Gonzalez. Woof. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be bowl, it's gonna be bowling shoe ugly. Uh, Nash is Nash is not gonna be happy uh, that this big asshole can't even probably can't even get up for like the the jackknife. Um, Are you fucking crazy? There's he's like ten feet tall. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, tell Kevin Nash a different way he's got to win this match, <laughs> other than jackknife, uh, boot on chest, one, two, three. Big um, move, brother. Yeah, snake. Eye. Maybe you can get him up for snake eyes, but shit. I I looked at this again. It you're sort of looking at it, and on the top twenty, like Gonzalez was down around like seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. And I was like, oh, they're really like but he didn't he if you if you remember when he was Elegante in WCW, 
mm-hmm. right around this time. He was more of a ringside, like, you know, an enforcer. They would be like, yeah. oh, and then they're going to have the giant Gonzalez at ringside. When he got in the ring, it was gross. Um, and they never really, like, advanced him to a point where, like, well, at least he can do, like, I think his, you know, he had, like, a choke slam or a, he had a, you know, like a body slam was his finisher, whatever, or bear hug, something stupid like that. Um, and, and still Vince was like, I smell money with him. <laughs> put him saw a giant motherfucker and was like, put yeah, him in yeah. a costume. Make, um, make it look like he's naked. Yeah. <laughs> and really hairy. So I think this would be the type of thing where, you know, again, you just tell Kevin Nash, like, you know, let's get Sorry. like, let's get five good <laughs> minutes out of him. You give him a big boot, he topples over the top, you win by count out, and we'll let you cut promos on him for three weeks going in and three weeks going out about how you slayed the giant and you did this, that, and the other thing to him. And But again, it was when I'm looking at the card, it's like even Nash, it was like I'm kind of having a hard time like finding somebody to match but, him up with. Yeah. Um, now my question with this is, what two iterations of these guys do you have it have it as? Oh, I've got Giant Gonzalez is Giant Gonzalez. He's the okay. He's the the and, but like Wookie Kevin look. Nash. Kevin Nash. Where are we at with oh, him? To outsiders, Kevin Nash. Actually, okay. it's Wolfpack. Kevin Nash. Okay, perfect. The coolest, the coolest version of Kevin Nash that that you could be. I was afraid he'd be a master blaster. <sighs> Although I could, like, I always have a sweet spot for Vinny Vegas. He looked cool as shit when he was Vinny Vegas. And he was actually, he was pretty funny, Vinny Vegas. But Vinny Vegas wasn't close to main event. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I was very tempted to be like, I'm going to put Horace Hogan against Giant Gonzalez. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to figure really out. Like, have, I was, trust me, when I was booking these cards, I tr- I almost booked maybe the worst match of all time. <laughs> and I, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to that card. <laughs> so in your main event, uh, tag team action, and this is your uh, maybe the most anti WCW main event of all time. But fuck it, I've got I've got four yeah. guys, <laughs> four guys in their prime that I can't like not pair up with each other. Uh, I'm reuniting the Thrill Seekers. I, I saw that Chris, coming. Chris Jericho and Lance Storm. Uh, I can't remember who else was there. And I've got Rob Van Dam and Great Sasuke. Holy along shit. the other side. Yeah, I could have split this up to a four-way and just had them all fucking hot. And this is Chris Jericho, 96 Chris Jericho. Yes. And Lance Storm, 96, 97 Lance Storm. Peak, Rob Van Dam peak before he kind of got like, you know, it's only going to be five moves and I'm going to take the paycheck. So like 98, 99 Rob Van Dam and 95 Sasuke. And we're Whoa. we're flying all over the place. We're you know they're tearing the house down, and it's a tornado tag. It has okay. to be a tornado tag. There can't be a premise where you're like, you know, waiting for a hot tag or anything like that because basically you've got like four baby faces. Yeah. Um, although I would have the the thrill seekers be more of the heel side of things because yeah, I think their sense. personalities play better. And man, they just the only chance that they had to do that in WWF when they were together, when they were the un-Americans and it was like, 
yeah, but you're not allowed to be the thrill seekers then. You can't be like the, you know, impact, high impact guys. Yeah. So for by default, they would have to be heels, but they're still wrestling in their best possible styles and and really getting getting the crowd like fever pitch and let this go like 40, like almost like it's an AEW main event now where you let it go like 40 minutes and you're not going to brawl all over the building, but you've, you've got the confines of the ring and, and just outside of it, and you're doing dives and you're doing table spots and all this other stuff. So, um, so that is my main event. And, uh, I have Rob Van Dam and Sasuke go over in that one. Yeah. Um, you're making two guys right there and making two guys. And also like almost if this were to be the case, especially this and the Saturn, uh, Kenimoto match, you're setting a course for WCW where you don't have to rely on. Yeah. You got big guys on the card, but you're saying like, look at where my big guys were on the card, even matched up against each other. And then look at the positioning that we gave, the fast pace guys. Don't you like in ring fast pace guys more than you like big dumb giants? <laughs> and um, you know, it's kind of a you know a glitch in the matrix or a uh, you know like a Back to the Future type of thing. But I'm all for it. Uh, I think by having Jim Ross on commentary helps get that over. And I also think that at some point Gordon Soli's head pops off from all the action in the main event and he's you know yeah. he, he can't really he, give you like a barrel to pure sector um, so gordon solely in that show would be like jim ross now trying to call it i don't know what a toupee see let's see <laughs> there's not enough uh crown royal to keep him awake but um but th- yeah there it is that's my uh that's my booked call i love so. it i love it and it felt up until the main event, it felt exactly like a WCW card, but then you flip it on its head and you give them. See, that's the thing that I think that that's kind of. I know that they had their their long run, but I think that that's what ultimately became the downfall of WCW was keeping those guys that couldn't go in the main event. Oh yeah, that it wasn't. You know, it wasn't conducive to. Um... To, what, to last, what, what, it shouldn't have lasted as long as it did. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Them no, as main they, event guys. They, they just, um, you know, they couldn't keep up with the times, essentially. Was, they felt behind. They, it started to feel old. Mm-hmm. And I agree. By, by, by you giving that card, like, a, a five-star match. That really tops it off and brings it home. Yeah, yeah, and and again, it's the type of thing where it's like, if you put that in 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 retrospect, ninety was when they started to do more with. It was a year before they started to do the cruiserweight title in in WCW. But the whole idea was, we're going to showcase, you know, more athletic, higher flying, younger talent anyway. So I'm getting a jump on that by saying, well, not only are you going to have it on your card, you know, as your opener in the way that I did, we're going to have it. We're bringing it back in the main event with high profile guys. Yep. So. Love it. 
That sounds that that sounds like a uh, a rap show. We come back. I I also really want to see Kevin Nash versus John Gonzalez. Yeah, now. don't you? Don't I originally? I'm looking at my notes. I originally had it was going to be Nash and Bagwell as the NWO versus Giant Gonzalez and Johnny B. Bad as baby faces. And then it would have been, that definitely would have been a WCW match at some point. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, we don't need Gonzalez in until it's pin time. Yep. And then they get the pin. But I'm like, nah, you know what? Fucking Giant versus Giant. Let, let, him, let these guys let die him, on the vines. Let them drown. <laughs> let them drown. <laughs> yeah. Meltzer's got to hate one match on this card. So, and he's getting a wet dream in his main event, so shut up. Exactly, yeah. So, I give that negative six and a half stars. That tall motherfucker can't go. Why would they put him in that match? Anyway, um, so that's it. Like, that's, uh, that's the first of these upcoming set of episodes uh, where we're, we're taking our rookie campaigns and we're making cards out of the rookie campaigns. For next episode, um, next episode is just me and Tommy again. Uh, Matt will be back with us in a few weeks. Uh, but w- just to give you a little bit of a preview, um, I will be tackling uh, 1987 with my card. And uh, Tommy, what do you got for the crew? I got uh, 1985. 19, so oh. eight very 80s. Retro. 80s, it back. 80s heavy wrestlers for our... Uh, for our first episode, that'll be the first episode of uh, 2024. Yep. So, so that, ringing in the new year with some old ass shit. So let's uh, let's let's prepare. Let everybody uh, enjoy the rest of their uh, Christmas week, the rest of their uh, their holiday season, and we'll back we'll be back with you guys uh, in a couple weeks. So uh, for uh, my partner Tommy, this is Mike, and. Uh, We will see you all soon.